Welcome to First Formation, a weekday podcast for high church lowlifes like me, Logan Isaac, looking to get the fuck up and pray. This is where Pew Pew HQ shares morning prayers for the humble, hearty folk caught in the crosshairs of God and country. A podcast for anyone who cares for soldiers and veterans enough to follow us into the mud and the suck. To hear the good news through grunts and with grunts, in the unity of the Holy Spirit as one church forever and ever. Fall in. Psalm 23 The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in right paths for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I shall dwell in the house of the Lord my whole life long. 1 Samuel chapter 15 verses 10 through 21 The word of the Lord came to Samuel. I regret that I made Saul king, for he has turned his back from following me, and he has not carried out my commands. Samuel was angry, and he cried out to the Lord all night. Samuel rose early in the morning to meet Saul, and Samuel was told, Saul went to Carmel, where he set up a monument for himself, and on returning he passed down down to Gilgal. When Samuel came to Saul, Saul said to him, May you be blessed by the Lord. I have carried out the command of the Lord. But Samuel said, What then is this bleeding of sheep in my ears and the lowing of cattle that I hear? Saul said, They have brought them from the Amalekites, for the people spared the best of the sheep and the cattle to sacrifice to the Lord your God, but the rest we have utterly destroyed. Then Samuel said to Saul, Stop, I will tell you what the Lord said to me last night. He replied, Speak. Samuel said, Though you are little in your own eyes, you are not the head of the tribes of Is- are you not the head of the tribes of Israel? The Lord anointed you king over Israel, and the Lord sent you on a mission and said, Go, utterly destroy the sinners, the Amalekites, and fight against them until they are consumed. Why then did you not obey the voice of the Lord? Why did you swoop down on the spoil and do what was evil in the sight of the Lord? Saul said to Samuel, I have obeyed the voice of the Lord. I have gone on the mission on which the Lord has sent me. I have brought the Agag, the king of Amalek, and I have utterly destroyed the Amalekites. But from the spoil the people took sheep and cattle, the best of the things devoted to destruction, to sacrifice to the Lord your God in Gilgal. Ephesians chapter 4, verses 25 through 32. So then... Putting away falsehood, let all of us speak the truth to our neighbors, for we are members of one another. Be angry, but do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your anger, and do not make room for the devil. Thieves must give up stealing. Rather, let them labor and work honestly with their own hands, so as to have something to share with the needy. Let no evil talk come out of your mouths, 
but only what is useful for building up, as there is need, so that your words may give grace to those who hear. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God, with which you were marked with a seal for the day of redemption. Put away from you all bitterness and wrath and anger and wrangling and slander, together with all malice, and be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another as God in Christ has forgiven you. Good morning and welcome to the third Thursday of Lent. This is Brother Logan Isaac broadcasting from the Appalachian Abbey in Knoxville, Maryland. The readings for this morning come from the famous or infamous Psalm 23 um, and also a reading from 1 Samuel 15 and Ephesians chapter 4. Um, We will have Psalm 23 again tomorrow, so I'm not going to speak too much about it, but it's very popular, especially among the military, and I think also um, in the wider civilian uh, society as well. Um, And in 1 Samuel we get, uh, 1 Samuel we get this, um, this kind of brief insight into kind of the downfall of Saul's um, kingship. Um, several chapters back in Samuel, I think it's First Samuel 8, um, the birth of the kings of Israel is described, and it's at the end of uh, the time of Judges. So um, uh, Hebrews are freed from Egypt. Uh, they wander in the desert for 40 years. Uh, for an entire generation, the next generation goes under Joshua to take the promised land in this like military campaign, which is riddled with um, military violence and some of it very difficult to interpret and read. Um, and they they finally settle in the land, and it's during this time of settlement when they are living under judges, and judges are kind of what they sound like. They, they oversee disputes. They lead people militarily. Um, you know, but it's, it's not hereditary. It's, it's typically kind of this consensus model of leadership. They just kind of arise, um, either because they're called by God or that call by God kind of follows their popular, I don't know, authority, I suppose. Um, but during this time... Um, with judges, the people collectively go to God and say, look, we want to be like the other nations. And Samuel is the, is the, the last judge, the, the judge who's at, uh, serving at this time, and he's also a prophet. And um, Samuel is grieved because um, he sees this as um, the people failing to trust God. And God reassures Samuel, saying, um, look, it's not you that they've rejected, they've rejected me. So go tell them, this is what a king will do. Uh, but, I mean, the, the, the reason that they're asking for this thing, this office, is because they see everybody else doing it, and they want the same. They want predictability. They want, um, they want to be like the cool kids. They don't want to be this kind of loose confederation of tribes overseen by this kind of rotating, slightly unpredictable cast of judges, some of whom are great and some of whom are horrible. Most of them, I think most of them are basically pretty good. Um, And so Saul is the first king. 
and uh, nothing from you know where God is standing has changed. When God says to do something, you do it. I mean, that, that's what happened in the wilderness. That's what happened under Joshua uh, during the, the, I don't know, maybe several months long military campaign, maybe years long, I don't know how long it was. And then even during the judges, the time of the judges, like we see with Gideon, who is one of the judges, um, Deborah and uh, Barak and um, uh, so the 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 idea has never changed that when God says something, typically through the prophets or the judges, but not always, um, then you do it. You follow the letter of the law, um, and you trust that the spirit behind it is you know is it, it's essentially do what God says. That's what the spirit of it is, and the letter of it is whatever it is that God says. And I mention that because all the way back through the wilderness time and the military campaign under Joshua, God will command the Israelites to like destroy everything. And some of that is you know, kind of unexplained and it's just like that's what God said to do. Sometimes um, the text explains, look, I don't want you to take spoils of war. I don't want you to take property or, or people or things and and get the idea that you've earned it or that it's, it's reward for doing violence. You do violence because I told you to. That's it, period. So anything that you think you're going to stuff your pockets with, destroy it, including people, sometimes including animals, including plants. And this is what Saul has been told with the Amalekites. Utterly destroy everything. And... Uh, kind of like the, the story of Cain and Abel where like they both had this offering it seemed like a good idea Cain was the one who thought it up and he gives you know some some of his crops and then Abel maybe follows his big brother in this but he gives like you know the best of his flock um, and yet God is kind of you know even though there's a, there's a good intention uh, something's not right even though there's a good intent with Saul um, seeing that the people were sparing some of the livestock, uh, sheep and cattle, he thought, oh, that's a great idea. We'll, we'll sacrifice it to God. The bottom line is, the problem is, God did not tell Saul to do that. Saul was told very clearly, utterly destroy everything. The morality of it is out the window because it's coming directly from God. There's nothing more like moral than to do what God instructs. And this is the beginning of Saul's downfall. Um, and I, I say all of this in, in, uh, within the military context and going to war. Um, and Saul is like, look, you, you gave me a mission, I did it. But he, didn't, he failed to listen to very specific elements of the op order. Um, and sometimes one of the more, more frustrating things as someone who wants to understand military service and war and morality, um, one of the one of the more annoying aspects of it is that at least w the last time I looked, which was a handful of years ago, there's no such thing, or there's no definition of an illegal order. So if I'm told something by my commander that I think is in violation of American law, international law, the law of war, um, then the, the burden is kind of on me. 
not on my commander to prove the legality or illegality of that order. With God, it's different. Do this, and it's very clear, God is typically can be quite wordy. Um, but um, here in human affairs, where we get lost in the morality of it and, you know, what definitions or like what, you know, you know, flesh and bone can I sink my teeth into? Like what treaty, what, you know, um, code in the military, uh, uniform code of military justice, um, it gets difficult. Even though something might be well-intentioned, um, it may be immoral and it may be wrong. Even though Saul intended good to sacrifice these things to God, he failed to follow God's order. He failed to obey a lawful, for lack of a better word, although God is the most fully law entity there is, so I guess it could be called a lawful order. Um, and and there's no easy solution. There's no easy solution that says, well, this feels wrong, killing everything, but God told me to do it. Um, or, you know, my commander's telling me to do something, but something feels off. Should I obey or should I not? Um, and of course, we we sometimes easily confuse our commander with God or vice versa. Um, and there's there's just simply no easy solution to it. Sometimes we uh, are expected to do things that feel wrong, um, uh, that that don't quite make sense, um, and we hope that it's it's contributing to some greater function or something. Um, but uh, at the very least, perhaps take heart in, in knowing uh, that God does forgive. Saul continues to fuck up um, and doesn't, doesn't, see, doesn't repent, doesn't seek forgiveness. Um, but I, I'm confident that had he, he would have been, just like as Cain um, uh, was distressed over the curse of wandering and, and being stricken from God, God said, okay, I'll give you a mark. Um, and that mark will prevent you from being hurt by anybody else, maybe even by yourself. Um, there's always, redemption is always within reach, no matter um, how, how well-intentioned whatever action it was and how poorly it was enacted or received or whatever. There's always the possibility that God will hear your cry um, and and offer mercy and forgiveness. The Prayer in Times of Conflict from the Book of Common Prayer O God, you have bound us together in a common life. Help us in the midst of our struggles for justice and truth to confront one another without hatred or bitterness and to work together with mutual forbearance and respect. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Thank you for falling into First Formation, where PewPewHQ shares morning prayers for the humble, hardy folk caught in the crosshairs of God and country. If you like what you've heard, I hope you'll consider participating in one of the three following ways. First, you can support the podcast with a monthly contribution at anchor.fm slash firstformation slash support. You can sponsor morning prayer for Pew Pew people with as little as a dollar a month 
and you can cancel at any time if I piss you off. Second, you can become a co-host by recording a weekday lectionary reading yourself and sending it to me to be included in an episode of your choosing. Instructions for co-hosts will be provided to you directly, and you don't have to be a grunt to participate in first formation in this or any way. Finally, and most importantly, you can send me your prayer requests of a minute or less with a recording app of your choice. Prayers may be added to a morning prayer episode, aired anonymously, if you wish, or kept private for me to pray for off-air. So there you have it. Three ways to participate in morning prayers for Pew Pew people. I hope you'll continue to listen in and maybe even consider participating yourself. This has been Logan Isaac, always faithful, always family. Semper Familia.